Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Each and every Saturday, we visit with Steve Carney. It is stevecarneyoutdoors.com. And uh, Steve, uh, some new regulations uh, for sunfish, and uh, th- this this should help things. Hey, you got it. Hey, good afternoon, Steve. It is uh, kind of an important thing, actually. Um, the regulations have changed now on bluegill fishing in the state of Minnesota on 250 lakes, and now they just uh, added another 50. So you're looking at 250, 300 of these lakes that now have reduced limits from 10 down to 5 which is a very good idea. And strangely enough, most of the lakes are up in the area where I live in the northwestern part of Minnesota, so that's kind of an indication of uh, what great pan fishing we do have up here. But, you know, it's important that they do this. You know, we're, we're kind of overregulated as it is, but I see this coming along as a very positive thing. Um, a big sunfish in Minnesota is a, probably the toughest fish to catch, and... A lot of the problem is, is overfishing, and, you know, when people get on these bluegill bites or crappie bites, they, they just pound them hard, and, you know, a lot of times they're going to go back and get another limit and another limit, and you keep doing that, you're going to destroy that fishery. And what we have throughout the state of Minnesota as a result, and it's water quality too, there's many things, but as a result, we've got a lot of stunted panfish in this state, and this regulation hopefully will allow the fish to get larger and the numbers will increase and we'll see how it goes after three or four years and uh but yeah i think it's a real positive thing well it's uh, great to be out there catching pan fish on a warm day for sure and we've got that to look forward to one more cold snap and then uh, the weather's going to start to turn then we can really start thinking about spring yeah, you know, and, and the, the best pan fishing is yet to come here. Once we hit this warming trend, a lot of these bluegills, you know, start coming into the weeds again and moving into shoreline areas where they're very vulnerable. And, you know, when I take people out, I always make it a point to always release the bigger bluegills. So when you're talking 9, 10, 11 inch bluegills, those are the spawners. Those are the ones with a big bump on their head, they're full of eggs. Those are the ones you want to release. And you really don't need more than five. You know, five is is more than enough for a dinner. And, you know, keep the smaller ones to eat and let the bigger ones go. And if everybody can, you know, behave themselves and cooperate that way, um, I think it'll really be an improvement because we've got a long way to go. But I think this is a good start. And, uh, Steve, what are your plans here in the coming week? 
Well, I got one eye on the Missouri River, Steve. It's just opened up a couple of weeks ago. Not all the ramps are open. That's uh, kind of the problem right now is there's very few ramps open and there's a lot of congestion out there because everybody's concentrated on what few ramps are open. So I'm going to give it maybe a couple of weeks and a lot of the other ramps are going to open up and that'll you know spread the traffic a little bit more. But my spies out there tell me there are a ton of people out there already. A lot of Iowan, uh, Iowa people, Nebraska people. So it's getting um, pretty good pressure early, which is very unusual. But sounds like nobody's working. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds like. So, what? yeah, looking forward to that. Still trying to get my boat rigged, my 2022. Um, still difficult finding trolling motors, electronics, uh, a lot of the basic things you need. you got to really kind of scramble to get it put together. So working on that and... But again, the, the, the best pan fishing is coming here. This warming trend is going to melt a lot of the snow off the lakes, and it's going to allow us to get out now and you know, be a little bit more mobile. Uh, we got 32 inches of ice, so that ice isn't going anywhere anytime soon. But this warming trend, I think, will really be very helpful in knocking that snow down so people can actually get out and get around. Yeah, and one other item, Steve, that you've talked about for a long, long time is it's never too early to get uh, your gear ready that... You know, scrambling out into the boat ramp the day before the opener or whatever. Uh, take this downtime and take advantage of it and get your gear ready. Yeah, it's important. I'm already rigging rods and, you know, putting new line on reels and, you know, doing the basics and, um, you know, taking care of the outboard and all, and especially the trailer. You know, make sure those hubs are, are you know, uh, inspected and taken out. Don't just shoot some grease in there. Have a professional take them apart, check the bearings. Uh, that's probably the number one thing that people neglect. And you always see those guys on the side of the highway with a broken trailer, and you really don't want to be that guy. So, again, as we're kind of waiting, you know, for things to start to progress here, this is a good time to get a lot of these behind-the-scene things done. And it looks like we're going to have a really, really late spring. So there's no excuse not to get your stuff done here because ice out may be the week of the walleye opener, the way it looks. Yeah. Well, keep our fingers crossed. Steve, always good to visit with you, and we'll do it again in a week. Sounds great, Steve. Oh, have a good day. All right, there he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. You're on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. The owners and players have a deal, and now we can turn to what's going to happen on the field in this 2022 season for the Minnesota Twins and all the other clubs in the major leagues. And joining us to visit about that, Phil Miller, who covers the Twins for the Star Tribune. And, uh, Phil, it's a done deal. We're not going to dwell on it. Players and owners have a deal. Here we go. <laughs> Steve, here we go. I'm in Florida, and uh, and uh, they're actual players. I'm, I've got it covered for you, Steve. What do you want? Uh, Randy Dobnek's beard, uh, Max Kepler's <laughs> new tattoos, <laughs> Royce Lewis's shoe collection. Uh, it's a big, big day at camp. Yeah, it, it is great. We can put all that in the rearview mirror, and uh, no one was happy, but a deal is done, and now we got spring training games starting as soon as Thursday, and yeah. they're going to find a way to play 162. More than that, they're going to find a way to play 18 spring training games in, I think, 20 days or 19 days Uh uh, yeah, it's it's going to go really fast. Uh, um, they're they're going to be underway uh, in less than three weeks, and uh, and we all thought that uh, that that uh, w- we might be looking for another July start, like we had a couple years ago, and 
Instead, uh, Major League Baseball and certainly the teams are trying to make it feel like just a normal spring. Maybe we're just getting a little late start. So it was it was good to see guys on the field today. Uh, very, very light workout. There's only eight guys in camp, but the Twins are expecting uh, is, is close to all 38 uh, of their players on the 40-man roster uh, as possible here uh, tomorrow. And, uh, and here we go. And Drelton Simmons is a Cub. The Twins needed a shortstop, and they got that deal done. I, I saw some tweets earlier today, and the first thing I did is just search Phil Miller, and you confirmed that they have made a deal, Mitch Garver, on the move. Yeah, Mitch Garver uh, going uh, kind of a, you know, there were Mitch Garver rumors uh, the last couple of years, uh, especially last year when uh, he bounced back from a terrible uh, 2020 but he kept getting hurt, and uh, nothing ever went through. But, you know, the Twins feel like Ryan Jeffers uh, is going to uh, eventually become a pretty solid big league catcher. So they felt like they had a position of strength. And they had no shortstop on the roster other than their starting second baseman, who used to be a shortstop. So, um, yeah, they uh, they went and got uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Uh, I'm sorry, Falefa. And uh, uh, from the Rangers, he... Uh, he won a gold glove as a third baseman two years ago. Uh, he was the Rangers shortstop last year and probably would be other than the fact that the Rangers spent $325 million to sign uh, Corey Seager to play the position this year. So uh, he was expendable there too. Yeah, and it, it, it's probably a lot of Twins fans who aren't happy about it because uh, Mitch Garver uh, – it become a, a a fan favorite, but uh, I did see the the video earlier. Derek Falvey kind of explained the decision and said, "Hey, you know, to to get a good player, you got to give up a good player. It's never an easy decision." I'm paraphrasing here, but that that's the long and short of it. Yeah, and they really were stuck without a shortstop. Uh, Andrelton Simmons was, uh, you know, he was a little overmatched at the plate last year. He's kind of aged out of being a useful hitter. Uh, you know, they get uh, Kiner Falefa, who's uh, uh, 26 years old. I think he turns 27 uh, by the end of camp. Um, he's a great fielder. He is a uh, reasonable hitter for uh, for the position. They found themselves looking at um, a couple of free agents who are probably out of the Twins price range and very little else uh, uh, free agent-wise. So they had, they had to do something. They... Uh, they got their guy, a guy that um, they hope will stick around, play the position for two or three years until Royce Lewis or Austin Martin are ready to take over. And they got a double-A pitcher um, who uh, probably will make his way to St. Paul this year in the uh, in the deal as well. So I think they're pretty happy. I think, uh, I, I think they feel like um, their new shortstop, and we're going to have to come up with a nickname uh, for him, uh, he already says people call him Izzy instead of going with the whole name. But I think they feel like uh, they've they've got an undervalued shortstop, and I think uh, they hope uh, he'll surprise people in Minnesota. Phil Miller joining us from the Star Tribune on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline from Florida. Spring training games start on Thursday. Twins home opener on April 7th. Uh, so things are going to go really quick between now and then. So that they get a shortstop. Mitch Garver's on the move, uh, but but they still have a lot of holes. We, we talked about this during the lockout, Phil, 
they need starting pitching, and I'm sure you're hearing from Twins fans, uh, when are they going to assign some pitchers? Yeah, and uh, I, I think they're in on just about everybody. Uh, you know, we can you can see the executive offices from uh, from the field at Hammond Stadium, and we were down on the field, and you could see uh, a big meeting in uh, in Derek Falvey's office, which I assume was uh, about the trade. But uh, there's people in and out of there all day, uh, and I think uh, I think they're working pretty hard to uh, to find some starting pitching. It's almost certainly going to have to be. Um, on the trade market, just like this now. And I, you know, if you say Twins fans are unhappy about losing Garver, uh, they're probably going to lose a, a prospect or two uh, in uh, in the next trade because that's, uh, that's what you have to give up to get uh, quality pitching. And, uh, yeah, they have uh, – they have three guys in their starting rotation that you can feel pretty good about. They, uh, well, or, or I don't know, pretty good about uh, that. You feel like have a chance uh, to be good. Randy Dobnak assured us today that uh, he's feeling good and he thinks he's uh, ready for a bounce back season, but they have no veteran uh, presence on the pitching staff, no veteran starter that they uh, trust. And um, you can't play a six month season without that. So uh, that is, that is the project for the next two or three days. I, the Twins seem to feel like they're close on some things. They told us, hang around today. We might not be done, but uh, things seem to have calmed down now. But I do think before the weekend is over, there might be uh, another starting pitching, uh, another starting pitcher on the, uh, on the staff. Yeah, and, and the one that kept coming up for me anyway, in my mind, and we have talked about it, is Big Mike, Michael Pineda. Would that be a fit to bring him back with the Minnesota Twins? He apparently wanted to come back. But I would assume that there's a market for Big Mike and that he'll have plenty of offers to field. Yeah, uh, you know, it, in a limited sense, you know, uh, Mike was a good middle rotation guy. Sure. Uh, there are a few of those uh, guys around. I think the Twins want something um, a little uh, a little more reliable that they can uh, count on for uh, – the top of the rotation, but I do think uh, he would be a good fit. And you're right. Uh, it's, it's a guy that you don't have to convince to come back. Um, they know who he is. They know he throws strikes. He doesn't throw as hard as he used to, but uh, he's a smarter pitcher than he used to be. Um, he had a lot of, you know, little tweaks, little injuries uh, that uh, cost him a start here and there. So you have to be uh, conscious of his age, but it would not surprise me if, uh, if, Michael uh, came back and, uh, um, you know, right now uh, he would look like a savior on the staff. Yeah, and when you take a look at the infield, or or for that matter, uh, the the outfield situation, the big story is in this abbreviated spring training is is trying to figure out what that pitching staff will look like. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Have a pretty good idea what the outfield will look like. Byron Buxton is is signed and will anchor center field. What what happens and left? I suppose you you could sort out. Uh, but but the infield looks pretty solid. And we have a good idea what what the catching is going to look like with Mitch Garver now traded to Texas. I think you feel like if you can put any kind of pitching around him, the lineup will uh, be a real strength. That uh, 
it's the lineup of a good team. If if only there were some semblance of uh, starting rotation around it, maybe another arm or two for the bullpen. So they're they're aware of how uh, critical this is. Um, the other part of the uh, lineup is. Uh, the Twins basically confirmed today that they're not in the market for a designated hitter, that they don't intend to give somebody that job full-time, which makes sense. Uh, that's how most teams play at this. Uh, and uh, Rocco Baldelli is a big proponent of off days and shuffling people around. So um, they'll, uh, those outfielders, they have extras with uh, Larnock and uh, Rooker and Kirloff all coming back. Um, some of those will uh, end up rotating into the uh, designated hitter spot as well. Yeah, and of course with Jose Miranda coming up from AAA, had a monster year. You've got Miguel Sano, Josh Donaldson. I mean, you you have a lot of potential bats in that lineup already on the 40-man and, and on this 26-man roster that are that are going to be able to fill that role. So there's, there's no reason for a Nelson Cruz type. Right. Uh, you uh, th- and when you say that, you also it kind of occurs to you, uh, wow, there's a lot of uh, firepower that could be uh, dealt to a team uh, looking to add to their lineup. So, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think they've looked uh, especially at the uh, the Oakland A's and uh, some of the pitchers that uh, that they might be uh, they might be looking to uh, shed a little uh, salary. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, that is some young guys, uh, a, a Larnock or a Rooker or guys like that could uh, could easily interest uh, a team like the A's. And, and uh, you know, supposedly they're in the market uh, looking around to trade. Uh, Frankie Montes, who was their uh, ace last year, um, Cole Irwin, uh, Chris Bassett, they've got, uh, they've got a few guys that, uh, that could – uh, be a good fit for the twins. So I would uh, would not be surprised if we hear something um, related to the A's uh, in the next few days. Ben Miller joining us from the Star Tribune covers the twins. He is down in Florida. Spring training games begin in earnest on Thursday and uh, the home opener on April 7th and we're going to have 50s here in the Twin Cities this coming week and I, I think everyone would settle for a 50 plus degree day at Target Field for opening day. I, I, I'm i in. Uh, well, I'm spoiled now by the Florida weather. Uh, <laughs> right. I've only been here a day, but uh, yeah, it, it, it sounds pretty good. Uh, it, it's uh, only the third time they've opened at Target Field, I think. So uh, yeah, it, uh, it it's nice that uh, they can have the opener and, and not have it be in March. One other item I want to bring up, Byron Buxton. All eyes will be on Byron Buxton when camp gets underway in spring training games because uh, the the numbers show a healthy Byron Buxton and available Byron Buxton is huge for this team. And uh, before the lockout, the deal got done. He signed, sealed, and delivered. No worries about that. And now Byron Buxton uh, being available 140 games would be huge for this team this season. Yeah, it, uh, you know, the, if, if they get him for 140 uh, games, then uh, the new contract will have been a bargain already. Uh, that yep. is certainly what they're looking for. Um, you know, all those uh, hitters you named, you know, we didn't even mention that uh, Byron Buxton, at this, when he's healthy, is the best hitter of them all. He had an OPS uh, above 1,000 last year. Um, he's uh, he's the best hitter. He's their uh, best defender. And uh, yeah, the more, the more he's in the lineup, uh, the better off uh, you'll be. 
he understands it. You know, uh, it's not like he's trying to get hurt, but uh, he comes into camp knowing that he has to be prepared uh, and, uh, um, you know, healthier than ever and kind of cross your fingers once the season starts. Yeah, that'll certainly be a huge story in 2022 and for the length of the contract. Phil, great to visit with you. I know it's going to be very busy in a whirlwind uh, before everybody comes north for opening day on the 7th. I always complain that spring training is about three weeks too long. Let's see if I'm right this year. (laughs) Yeah, it it is going to fly by. All right, Phil, thanks. Thanks, Steve. There he is, Phil Miller, Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. And uh, it, it is so fun again to be talking about who they're going to sign, who's going to pitch, what about this Garver trade. Um, I love it. Uh, 431, it's good to be back in the business of baseball. Bummer news from Ritter Arena. Unless you're a UMD Bulldog fan, they pull the upset. UMD beats number two seed Minnesota 2-1. to one. No frozen four. UMD roars back. They were down 1-0 after one. They tied it with a goal in the second. They get a goal in the third, and they move on. UMD to the Frozen Four. They upset Minnesota at Ritter Arena. 2-1, to one, another chapter in that great rivalry. It uh, doesn't go the Golden Gophers' way. We'll take a break. We'll have the weather. And then Jess Myers will join us from the rink live. We'll talk over hockey, a little bit about the women. Uh, about the men tonight at home against Penn State in the Big Ten Tournament at 3M Arena at Mariucci. We'll get his thoughts about the boys' hockey tournament as well. Jess Myers on the way here at News Talk. E3OWCCO. Timberwolves on the road at Miami tonight. Our coverage begins at 6.30 with Cal Soderquist. Alan Horton with all the play-by-play after seven. They got beat by Orlando last night. They're 0-2 against the Magic this year. Go figure. Uh, the Heat will be without Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, and others. We'll, we'll visit with Cal in about an hour about all things Timberwolves. Right now we're going to talk hockey. First Golden Gopher hockey in the news this afternoon from Ritter Arena. Not good, Jess Myers joins us from the rink live. And, Jess, how about that? UMD comes in, knocks off number two seed Minnesota, two to one. You know uh, you know what they say about the playoffs, Steve. Anything can happen, and it always does. Um, you know, and this is not that much of a shock. Let's just put it that way. Uh, they split during the regular season up in Duluth. They split during the regular season here in Minneapolis. Uh, the Gophers had won a playoff game versus these Bulldogs just last week, five to one. But uh, UMD got its goalie back. That was the big thing that happened for the Bulldogs. Emma Soderberg, who had been their mainstay in goal all year, she went over and played in the Olympics for Sweden. She came back, and she had some fatigue. I mean, I think that's pretty understandable when you travel to China and back. Uh, Didn't play well for a couple weeks. They made a change in goal. She's back in there playing well. So, uh, yeah, the Bulldogs were the big upset, and they go back to the Frozen Four. They were there last year. Uh, they're going there again this year. So Minnesota's the state of hockey, and that doesn't just mean Minneapolis, I guess, because uh, the Bulldogs are doing some pretty good things. Yeah, great rivalry over the years. Soderberg, 38 shots, 37 saves. And I'm not saying she stood on her head. She was an Olympic goaltender, but that can happen in a one-and-done. You run into a hot goaltender over at the Boys State Hockey Tournament and over right now getting great goaltending, and they play for the title against Maple Grove tonight. You want to feel feel old, Steve? Uh, and I and I tweeted this this morning. 1987, I was in the state tournament. My uh, my brothers from Warroad and I uh, made it down here finally. 
these two teams that are going to play for the championship tonight didn't exist in 1987. Yeah. Uh, Maple Grove and, and Andover are both relatively new high schools, and you're seeing that familiar pattern I think you see in Minnesota high school hockey where it seems like the, the dominant teams just keep moving a little further out. You know, uh, if it was 30 years ago, we'd be talking about Bloomington Jefferson. And then you got Eden Prairie that had his run. And now it's, it's moved a, a kind of another ring further out. Yep. You look at Maple Grove, you look at Andover. Uh, that's where the young families are. That's where the numbers are in youth hockey. And you're seeing the success they're having. So good for them. Yeah, and uh, Andover has a chance to pull off the double. Two weeks ago, the girls won the double A in a thrilling game over Minnetonka. Tonight, they'll take on conference rival Maple Grove. And earlier... Hermantown knocked off War Road 3-2 in a really good Class A title game. And it's one of those games where really a shame either team had to lose. It was, it was very good sports theater today. You know, and it was funny because those two teams had been throwing the puck up and down the ice and, and playing run-and-gun hockey, and, and today was more of kind of a defensive struggle. Yeah. Uh, two very, very talented teams, and, hey, this is the way it was supposed to finish, one against two. Warroad almost did the double because their girls won the Class A tournament right. a couple weeks ago, and they uh, they thought they could do the same thing this year, but it didn't quite work out for them that way. But, you know, tip your hat to both teams because a great season for both. You know, there's been a lot of debate about Hermantown, about whether they're, uh, you know, they're, they're the next team to move up to double A, but they, they seem to be content playing where they were. So fourth uh, state championship for Hermantown, and World was going for its fifth. But congratulations again. Just just great hockey, and that's what it's all about. I'm over at the uh, the Expo next door to XL Energy Center. Great crowds here. I mean, you really see uh, how people are kind of eager to get back to real life and come out to an event like this. Yeah, and you, that, that, I was over there this morning. I, I snuck in uh, to do the... A uh, class A third place game between Alexandria and Matamidi. By the way, Matamidi won it four to two uh, this morning. So I was there bright and early, did the game, and then I snuck out because I had to uh, get back to do the radio show this afternoon. But you're absolutely right. I saw the setup there for the Let's Play Hockey Expo, and uh, e- even this morning at nine a.m., people coming into the building. And by the time I got out of there. Uh, the lower bowl really filling up for that uh, 1A championship game at noon today, and I'd expect a really big crowd tonight for the title game. Absolutely. You know, and it's funny, uh, being here at the Expo, you get folks from around the country uh, who, who come here to display, you know, wherever hot new product they have. And they're really, this is one of those bucket list events. I mean, it's, it's similar to the Kentucky Derby or the Indy 500 or the Rose Bowl. People come from all over and they really want to see the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament. It's got, it's got that reputation and deservedly so because, you know, you look, uh, I'm always amazed. Thursday, the double A, the first session, it's 11 a.m. on a Thursday and you've got 18,000 people in a building to watch high school hockey. I mean, it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah, and then, of course, it's uh, hard to beat Friday night, semifinal night. And then uh, the way they've got it spread out today, I think, works really, really well uh, for these games. you got the A third place, and you got the, the Class A title game at noon. And then underway now, uh, the double A third place game between Hill Murray and Pryor Lake. And then, of course, uh, the championship game in double A tonight, as we mentioned. And then over at uh, 3M Arena at Mariucci, more hockey in town tonight. Minnesota and Penn State in the Big Ten tourney. And, uh, you know, Bob Motzko's not necessarily happy. He had last week off uh, to rest up and get healthy and all that. But he's one of those guys he wants to keep playing. So uh, that will be the big question for the Gophers. They're clearly a better team than Penn State. They beat them three out of four times during the regular season. But what will be really interesting to see how the first period plays out tonight 
and just see if there's any kind of rust that the Gophers have to battle through and how long it kind of takes them to get their legs under them. One cool thing that Bob Mosco did last week, he said instead of sitting around staring at each other, practicing, you know, all of that stuff that you have to do over and over, he did a cool thing last week where he took them down to Austin, Minnesota, his hometown. They had an inter-squad scrimmage there. They signed autographs. They kind of got out of their comfort zone and saw something new. So he's doing everything he can to keep this team fresh, keep them uh, – you know, keep them ready to play. But I will be very interested to see, especially what that first 20 minutes looks like tonight. Yeah, and I, I kind of like this format where it's on campus sites because that experiment to have the Big Ten tournament hosted somewhere like Detroit or Minneapolis or wherever, it, it just didn't really work out. So Minnesota with a win tonight would host next weekend. Yeah, and absolutely. And there's that extra incentive that way, you know, to, to finish atop the Big Ten because you get to play some home games. Now, the one thing Bob Mosco said, he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't like the week off. He said, let's get an eighth team in the Big Ten so we don't have to have that bye weekend, the first weekend, so everybody can keep playing. Um, that's some great debate. Who's going to be the eighth Big Ten team? There's some talk that Arizona State could come in as an affiliate member similar to what they've done with Notre Dame. Illinois has talked very openly about building a building and and creating an eighth Big Ten team uh, for hockey there. Uh, Iowa's got a hockey-ready building now on campus, so you you have to wonder who's going to bite the bullet, who's going to step up and be that eighth Big Ten team, but I think it's long overdue. Well, and uh, Jazz, you need need someone with Pagula money to kind of get the ball rolling and endow some scholarships. That's what it takes. Absolutely. Somebody to write a big check, some wealthy alumnus to write a big check and, and build yourself a building like they did at Penn State. And, hey, absolutely ideal situation to get the, to get that Penn State up and running. Although some people, the naysayers, say that that ruined college hockey because that led to everything we've seen since then, the formation of the Big Ten, the demise of the WCHA, the demise of the old CCHA, kind of that upheaval where you lost a lot of the traditional rivalries. But I think in the long run, college hockey is better off for it. Yeah, and the one thought about Arizona State, they are getting that new building. I still can't believe the Arizona Coyotes are going to play in that building. It, 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 it's got a Ritter Arena feel to it by design. Yep. I've seen some of the yep. renderings. That, that, that's going to be a, a great college building. I'm not sure it's an NHL building. Right, and you know, and that's the debate: is how long are, are the Coyotes going to be able to survive playing in a building with yeah. five thousand seats? They keep talking about building a new facility somewhere in the Valley of the Sun. Now, what's disappointing for me, and I go to Arizona a fair amount because my dad's a snowbird down there. Um, they've got a perfect hockey building out in Glendale, Arizona. They have just not been able to make it work there, and it's not the building that's a problem; it's the building location. Being out in that area, out by the Cardinal Stadium, out away from kind of where the main population centers are in Phoenix, it's a spread out city to start with. And people just aren't going to drive that far on a weeknight regularly in a non-traditional hockey area. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jazz, it's always good to visit with you. I know it's been a super busy day, but always good to catch up. Once again, Jess Myers, the rink live at uh, the Let's Play Hockey Expo at the moment. Yep, absolutely, and I'm uh, just packing up here, heading over to, uh, to 3M Arena at Mariucci uh, any minute now. So uh, a busy time of year, but the best time of year, too. Now, now do, you, do you get a spot right by the building? I mean, do, do you have uh, VIP yeah, parking? I, I hope so, but we'll have to see once I get over there tonight. <laughs> okay. And, and, and I was going to go to Cassettes and grab a slice, but, of course, that line will be uh, hey, wrapped right. somewhere out to Roseville by the time I get there tonight. Yeah, good luck with that, Jess. All right, take care. Thanks, Steve. There he is, Jess Myers. The rink live over in St. Paul, headed for Minneapolis and Mariucci. But tough news 
uh, for the Golden Gopher women's hockey team. We visit with Brad Frost regularly throughout the season. UMD beats them two to one at Ritter Arena in the first round, or actually uh, the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament. Minnesota will not be going to the Frozen Four. And remember, a year ago, they didn't even get to the NCAA tournament. So I'm sure big disappointment in Dinky Town tonight. 11 minutes now in front of five here at News Talk. E3O WCCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.